We're going to look at the um, letter of Philemon. And it's titled Philemon's Forgiveness. And I want us to look at both Philemon and Onesimus. Now, I'm going to tell you the story quickly. I want you to read this chapter yourself later, this letter. It takes less than four minutes to read it. So everybody can read this letter today at some point. But the short story is, in around A.D. 60, in the city of Colossae, there was a man named Philemon. He was a prominent man. He had a a larger house. He had many slaves. And one of his slaves stole from him, revolted, and fled. Now in the whole Roman conquered places, a slave that ran away their usual punishment was death. So a slave running away was a pretty serious deal. Well, Onesimus, the slave, makes his way to Rome, where Paul happened to be in prison. Now, Paul had a rented home in, in uh, Rome where he lived and he could receive guests. We don't know how Onesimus made his way to Paul, but we do know that Onesimus made his way to Paul in some way after he had stolen from and ran away from Philemon's household. Well, while Onesimus was in the care of Paul, God did something to Onesimus. He changed his heart. He made Onesimus his own. He made the slave a free man in Jesus Christ. He made the runaway someone he loved. He made the outcast an heir in his kingdom. But Paul realized that Onesimus had still wronged Philemon. So Paul writes a series of letters. And one of these letters is this letter to Philemon that he sends with Onesimus, among other men, to take back to Philemon. To one, tell Philemon he loves him. To two, check on him. To let him know that he's coming back. But the most important part of his letter to Philemon and to the church in Philemon's house was to once again show the grace of Christ in their hearts that Philemon was known for. Philemon had a reputation of being a kind and just and godly man. And Paul is saying here, Philemon, I ask you again one more time to show Christ's love in your heart by sending Onesimus back to you. In verse 17, Paul says, If thou count me therefore a partner... Receive him, Onesimus, as myself. Now, why would Paul have such concern over a slave? Especially one who had defrauded his master. Someone who had ran away. Because while Onesimus was with Paul, God did a mighty work on his heart. And Paul no longer saw Onesimus as just a worker, a slave, a runaway He sees Onesimus now as Christ sees him, a fellow laborer in God's kingdom. He sees him as someone that Paul has a dear interest for, a heartfelt love for. Not the kind of love that we all should have for all humanity, the kind that we should respect just people in general, be kind to people in general. Paul has a love for Onesimus, an agape love, a Christ-like love for Onesimus. Not because of Onesimus, because Onesimus had done wrong, but for the Onesimus 
that now Christ has made him for the new creature, for the one whose heart of stone had been made into a heart of flesh. And he says, I want you to receive him just as you would have received me. Because as fellow Christians, we should have that kind of love towards one another, no matter our past, no matter the wrongs that we may have done. Now, wrongs may sometimes have consequences, but our love for our fellow Christians should not factor in all the wrong that they have done in all of their past. It should factor in the heart that they have in Jesus Christ. Paul sees Onesimus now as his own son in verse 10. He says, I beseech you for my own son, Onesimus. And he's asking Philemon in verse 16 to see him as your own brother. He says, he is, I beseech you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. While I was in prison, this degenerate came to me. And God, through His working, has made him a regenerate who is now your brother. In verse 16, now as a servant, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved. He's saying, Philemon, this slave, this person who has wronged you is your brother. And he is due all of your love, all of your agape, all of your fellowship, all of your koinonia, your association, your community with Him, your joint participation with Onesimus, whom I am sending back to you. I want you to have fellowship now with Him. And not just you, I want your church that is in your house and your fellow laborers that are in that house to have a fellowship with a runaway, to live in one accord with Him, to not have discord or strife, but to have now Not a master-slave relationship, but a holy love towards one another. Now this is where it starts to get challenging for us sometimes because everybody in this room has probably been wronged by someone. And most likely you've been wronged by a fellow Christian. And this is where we start to put on Colossians chapter 3 where we put on a new man. This is it in action. It's easy to say, yes, Philemon needed to forgive Onesimus. Philemon needed to love him. But then when we put ourselves in that place and we put ourselves in the situation where we have been wronged and you have a right to be offended, you have a right to be repaid, and yet we're asked to put on love, to put on kindness, To welcome in as no longer a slave, but a joint heir, the very one who has offended you. He says in verse 10, I beseech you, I'm pleading for you, for my son Onesimus. Philemon, even though in a legal sense and in a civil aspect, Onesimus is your servant. But to me, he's a son. Legally, you own him. In a civil way, He has wronged you. In a civil way, you own Him. In a civil way, He owes you. But Philemon, to me, he is my son. In the same way that he called Timothy his son. And he wrote two letters to Timothy. He is equating Onesimus to a son. Someone who he has brought up. And is now useful to God's kingdom. 
Now he acknowledges, he acknowledges that Philemon, forgiving Onesimus, was going to have a financial cost to Philemon. Not only did he lose the cost of Onesimus, but also it's assumed that Onesimus stole money from him just to get to Rome. So he's saying, I understand and I acknowledge that this is not easy for you to do. You were rightly wronged. You have a right to be recompensed. You have a right to be repaid. What was done to you was not right. I'm not saying that it was right. I'm saying I want you to show love. The reputation that you have, in verse 5, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints... You have a reputation of being a loving, godly man. And I'm asking you again to further that love by putting on Colossians chapter 3, that new man, and showing love to someone who directly wronged you, who directly cost you something. Paul acknowledges that to him, but he's saying, I don't want you to just take him back. Because what Philemon could have done is he could have taken Onesimus to the magistrates, to the courts. And he could have been punished by the civil authorities. So Paul's not saying, look, I don't want you to take him to court, just take him back. He's saying, I want you to take him back, not as a slave, but as a brother. And that's a double. I'm not asking you to just take a slave back. I'm asking you to bring in a brother to your home. Now put yourself in this situation. And you think of wherever you were wronged by someone. And we ask ourselves, am I willing, am I willing to be put out to show Christ's love? Am I willing to be inconvenienced? Am I willing to be defrauded and yet forgive? Am I willing to not just bring them back, but to bring them back and love them? To bring them back and elevate them? to bring them back and continue to have fellowship with them. Now, sometimes I say, look, I forgive the person. I just don't want to see them again. Are you willing to say, not only do I forgive you, I want to love you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to daily commune with you. I want to worship God with you. And he's not asking him to do this except for the love of Christ that is in him. Now Paul does say, look, you, I could call on you what you owe me. And I'm an apostle. And I'm an old apostle. I've got many ways where I could say, Philemon, just do it. But he's saying, Philemon, I want you to do this willingly as unto Christ. Paul doesn't appeal to law. He doesn't appeal to principle. He appeals to love of Christ for forgiveness. Now, being a Christian does not annul or confuse the, the, the civil duties that we all have. It doesn't, it, but what it does do is strengthen, it strengthens our duties to those civil duties that we have. And it causes us to then start to have a proper view and a fulfillment of those duties. Onesimus is being sent with a letter to go back to a man whom he had defrauded. So this story is not just about Philemon forgiving Onesimus. This story is also about someone who wronged someone else and who is willingly going back to that person to reap whatever the consequences are. 
Philemon, uh, Onesimus could have ran off again if Paul says, I, I want you to go back to Philemon. Onesimus knows what could await him if Philemon is an unforgiving man. Onesimus knows that he could be sent to the courts. He could even be killed. But Onesimus also knows something. He knows something now he didn't know when he ran away from Philemon. He knows Christ. And that is all the difference in this story for both Philemon and Onesimus. Onesimus, no matter the consequences he may face, knows that Philemon loves Christ. And he knows that no matter even if he has to repay or is punished, he wants to love his brother Philemon by going back to him. Onesimus had wronged Philemon. He'd stolen from him. He was obligated now to repay him. He had a moral duty to repay him. He had a Christian duty to repay him. The only way he would be discharged of this duty is if Philemon himself discharged him. And that's what verse 14 says. Paul sends him back and he says, I don't want you to feel obligated or pressured to do this, Philemon. He says, but without thy mind I would do nothing. That thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. Philemon, I want you to willingly. It's your call, Philemon. But I want you to willingly forgive this man. And Onesimus has to go to him and deliver this letter knowing that Philemon doesn't have to forgive him. In fact, Philemon would have been right if he had asked him to repay. But Onesimus was willing to pay for his crimes. But Paul had to appeal to Philemon because even good men may have a hard time laying aside some of our emotions or passions when we've been wronged. Sometimes we have to be talked into or prayed over or prayed with in order for us to lay our emotions and our passions aside when we have been wronged, when we have the right to be offended when we have the right to be upset, when we have the right to have repayment. So Paul here appeals to this man, being aware of what it cost Philemon, and telling him, I know, I know who you are, Philemon, and I know that you have a right to this repayment. But out of love of Christ, I ask you to exercise that mercy once more. The mercy you have a reputation for, I ask you, to exercise it once more. And he's saying, Philemon, I want you, I want you to do as I have taught, as I have preached. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. He's saying, Philemon, I'm not just saying the word, I forgive you. I'm saying to do something different. In verse 12, he says, no, let's start in verse 11. Let's go to verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You are putting on, as a child of God, the image of Jesus Christ to be like him. In Romans 8, 28, 29, and 30 says we are still being conformed to that image of Jesus Christ. And he's saying you have put that new man on because a new heart has been placed in you. And in this new image, in this new creature, there is neither Greek nor Jew, 
circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. So put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, Philemon, be merciful, kindness, Philemon, show kindness, humbleness of mind, Philemon, see Onesimus as your equal, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, Philemon, if you have a quarrel against Onesimus, which you do, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, Philemon, love Onesimus. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Philemon, I want you to be thankful that Onesimus has returned. Philemon, I want you to see Onesimus as that body with you. And Philemon, when you do this, when you put on this charity and you love the one who has wronged you, when you are long-suffering with those who have wronged you, when you are forbearing with those who have wronged you, when you are thankful to be in the body with one who has wronged you, that's where verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let God's peace rule. But if you're not willing to love, if you're not willing to not just forgive, but to also welcome men, to fellowship with, to love, then you will not have that peace. But he's saying you're no longer your old self, Philemon, just as Onesimus is no longer who he was. So I'm asking you, Philemon, to be loving, to be kind, to be charitable. Because Philemon, even though I as the Apostle Paul could ask you to forgive, I'm asking you not because the Apostle Paul asked you, but I'm saying, Philemon, look to Christ. Philemon, He forgave you. Philemon, you wronged Jesus Christ. Philemon, you mocked God. Philemon, you rebelled against God and yet He loved you and He made you a joint heir with Him in Jesus Christ. But now he's saying something else to him. He wants Philemon to see that he doesn't just need to forgive Onesimus and move on. He wants him to see how Onesimus can now help the church that is in Philemon's very house. For the Lord's work, for the church, and for the Christian good. Verse 16. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh... It's just a brother in the flesh, but also a brother in the Lord's work. Onesimus is now not just a servant to Philemon, but he is a servant of God, just as Philemon is God's servant. And it also says in verse 11, he's saying, I beseech you for my son, who I have forgotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee. He was unprofitable. He was useless. An unprofitable person, but now he is profitable to both you and to me. He is a changed man. 
He won't come back to you as He was. He's not saying, Philemon, I want you to take a degenerate and just bring him back into your house and hope that he does better. He's saying, Philemon, I want you to take the rebel and receive him as a saint because he is a radically changed person. He's coming home a new person, a new man. He's profitable to your house, to my ministry, and to your ministry. He's your brother. He's your fellow laborer. And it's at the church that's in your very house that I want you to bring him back and let him serve. In the book of Colossians, Onesimus is called out as one of the fellow laborers. He is now profitable. But this only happens if there's a true change in Onesimus. Something radical had to happen in him. Why in the world would a slave return to a man that he had defrauded, that he had robbed from, that he had stolen from, unless the slave was no longer who he was when he left. He ran away a sinner, but he returned a fellow laborer in the flesh and in the Lord. Now Philemon is asked to forgive and welcome and love him. Forgiveness is hard. I'm not telling you that forgiveness is always easy. Unless you look at Jesus Christ forgiving you, then how can we not forgive? But our flesh still creeps in. We still harbor wrongs done against us. We still hold back things. We still remember things. But he's asking him to forgive as Christ forgave. The forgiveness of Christ washes away our sins. It washes away our debt. He doesn't hold it over He doesn't hold it over your head saying, if you just do this one more time, I'm bringing up all your past. So Philemon's job is not to cautiously welcome back in Onesimus. And then if Onesimus makes one wrong move, bring all the past back. He's being called to see Onesimus as a new man, a new creature, a new Onesimus. Scripture gives us a focus for our attitude on forgiveness. There's a few passages here that emphasize our forgiving freely, generously, willingly, lovingly. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Have a fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. We're not going to cover each other's sins if we don't have a love. And not just a love, a fervent, a passionate love. The kind of love that we would be willing to give of our very selves, our own lives for our brothers and sisters. That love covers a multitude of sins. Because isn't that the same fervent love that Christ had for us? To cover our multitude of sins? Proverbs 10 verse 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Philemon, you can't harbor ill will against Onesimus, the new man. You must love. And when you love him biblically, when you love him fully, when you love him wholly, his sins will be hidden from you. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers a transgression seeks love. When you are covering up the wrongs that have been done to you, when you're putting something over them, To forget, to not see, to not remember. You're seeking love. And that love will bring 
a closer friendship than you would ever have if that person repaid you the debt. Because you now have a fervent love for that person. Because a fervent love will not forgive. Let's close here with just a few final thoughts. I think the defining verses of Philippians are verses 15 and 16. So let's read those again. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season. He left you for a time that you would receive him forever. Forever your brother. Not as a servant, but above a servant. A brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. He's no longer a slave. And you have this brother, this friendship, this kinmanship forever, Philemon. It will never be broken. This relationship of Paul and Philemon and Onesimus, it in a way kind of gives us a picture of Christ's intercession for us to the Father. Paul was willing to accept and pay the debt that Onesimus owed so that Onesimus could be restored to Philemon. Paul also shows us that forgiveness that reflects the strength given to Christians by God to show mercy towards others. You know, in a sense, we're all Onesimus in some way. We're like him that we were rebellious to our master, that we fled far away. We rebelled against his service. We wanted nothing to do with it. God was due our praise. He was due our worship. And yet we gave him mocking and cursing. And we despised him. We robbed him with a rebellious spirit. But Jesus found us. And he worked through us his grace and mercy to bring about something mighty and new in us. To change us. Not to be just a shell of who we were, but to be new creatures made like Him. He made us profitable, who were once unprofitable. And then He interceded for us with the Father to have us be joint heirs. And through that intercession, we have been made brothers and sons and sisters in the kingdom of God. So I want to ask you two questions that I want you to think about through this week. Number one, when you have wronged a fellow saint, will you return humbly to ask for their forgiveness, no matter the consequence, no matter the punishment, will you return to them? Number two, when forgiveness is brought to your doorstep, as it was to Philemon, how will you respond? Will you respond as unto Christ? And show love. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you cause us to have hearts towards you. And Lord, in having hearts towards you, we will have hearts like Christ. Lord, we ask that you cause us to want to show love in every situation. That even when we are wronged and we have a right to recompense, Lord, that we would cover that multitude of sins And we would seek love instead with our brothers. Because Lord, we know that you have covered all of our sins and washed us whiter than snow by the love of Jesus Christ. Make us like him today. 
In Jesus' name, amen.